Good morning, everyone. Morning. Um, if you have your Bible with you, if you could just turn uh, to the book of Malachi. We're going to finish our series in Malachi uh, today. So, last book uh, in the Old Testament, easy to find. Uh, turn to chapter 3. We're going to read um, verse uh, 3, verse 16, and then through chapter 4 to the very end. So, it's Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. We'll begin. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses decree and the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. <clears throat> See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Today is Remembrance Sunday. And today is the day that we take some time aside. Just to think back and to remember and to give thanks uh, for the sacrifice of parents. Of grandparents and for the youth here today. Our great grandparents. And what these people gave up never ceases uh, to amuse me. They left their jobs, their security, they left their families, and many of them, as we know and as we remember today, gave their lives. There was no hesitation. They just answered the call when required, and many of them never returned home. And let's not forget that the men and women from Northern Ireland didn't have to do it. They were volunteers. They weren't conscripts. Of course, the older you are, uh, that sacrifice is all the more real. Some people here have lived through those war years. Some lived through the rationing and the lack of food that came uh, after that. I had the privilege of being able to listen to my grandparents tell their war stories. Sometimes I doubted that most of them were true, but they told stories anyway. But the years um, tick by, and the people who survive grow fewer and fewer and it would be very very easy as time goes by to forget and that's why days like today are important it's hard to imagine what life would be like for us today without that generation who gave so much so significant events uh, such as the two world wars demand and deserve our 
remembrance. It was these thoughts in mind that uh, Queen's University put together a book. They keep it in the library. It's simply called the Book of Remembrance. And it's a record of the names of those from their staff and from their students and people who trained there um, to get ready uh, for the two world wars. And as the generations pass, their names will not be forgotten. Their sacrifice won't be resigned to history because the detail is recorded in the book uh, of remembrance. If you have your Bible open with you, have a look at verse 16. Just going to read it to you. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. Now this verse talks about a similar book or a scroll in those days of remembrance. Something uh, was written down and it was recorded before God. Something uh, of importance had been noted down. Something that needed to be remembered for the future. So what was it? Have a look again at verse 16 in the opening line. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. See, something very special is happening here. So far we've heard God's message spoken through the prophet Malachi. Uh, We've heard how the people accused God of not loving him, uh, of them. And we heard how the people accused God of uh, being unjust. We've heard how the people tried to palm off their sick and their ill animals uh, as sacrifices, animals that were worthless. Heard how the priests had no relationship with God and yet they carried out this sham of religion uh, and this pretense of leading the people spiritually. Saw how the people were unfaithful in their relationships with each other, unfaithful in their marriages and we learned how the people were stingy. Uh, with their money and held back when it came to giving to God. But to sum it up, the people had religion, but they didn't have a relationship. 16 opens with these words. Those who feared the Lord talked with each other. See, God's word was beginning to penetrate right into the hearts and minds of those who loved the Lord, who respected him, who feared him. And honoured him. See the true believers had been listening to Malachi. What I like about this story. And what about uh, what's very heartwarming here. Is that they discussed the problem with each other. You just picture them uh, as they meet at the temple. And they're discussing how they had displeased God. More importantly what they had to do to put it right. What they had to do to fix this relationship listen we're all only human and no Christian plays a perfect game and there'll be times in our lives when God's word uh, will convict us because we have sinned see a true believer should be troubled by sin being troubled by sin is a mark of being a true believer and it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is within you and it is working within you. I wonder did you ever lose a night's sleep? 
uh, tossing and turning over something that God's word has convicted you uh, about. Maybe there was something in your life that needed to change. Maybe there's something in your life right now that needs to change and you don't have peace. Don't need to look it up, but this is what Hebrews 4 uh, says about it. And Hebrews 4 verse 12 means, it says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What I love about verse 16 here is that when these problems were brought to light, those who really loved the Lord talked to each other. It's important for us to have other Christians around us. It's not really an optional thing. It's important to discuss this stuff together with each other. We should never try to go it alone because we just can't make it. It won't work. We all need to find Christian friends who are going to build us up in the faith. It's a good thing to discuss God's word together and find out what it is the Lord wants us to do. That's why it's important to come on Tuesday evenings to the Bible study. We discuss this stuff together. It's helpful. That's why it's good to come on a Sunday morning and to meet uh, at church. That's why it's important to meet each other during the week outside of church. Maybe just for a cup of coffee and just discuss the things of God. God's people heard what was being said to them. And they discussed it with each other but here's the thing more importantly more importantly they allowed God's word to change them what did God do as they talked together have a look at the verse again it says this the Lord listened and heard and what they talked about was recorded and it was remembered and the picture here and there's a picture that they would have been familiar with is of a king who wants to record the faithfulness of his people and with the purpose of remembering and rewarding uh, them for that faithfulness in the future probably the closest thing we have today is the Queen's uh, New Year's Honours list where those who have went on and beyond the call of duty um, receive a a reward for their whatever it was they they excelled in in work and sport and entertainment uh, in medicine and people are chosen elected maybe years uh, before and it's recorded on a list and at a later date uh, they're rewarded for it fairly sure that I probably will never be on that list there's something similar going on here think back to chapter 1 do you remember what the criticism was uh, from God's people it was that God was unjust and that God rewarded uh, the wicked What's being pointed out here is that God actually does see and God actually does hear uh, and he does reward the actions of his people. Do you ever think uh, about giving up as a Christian because you were very discouraged? Because you feel unappreciated? Because you're trying your best as a Christian but it seems that no one cares whether you do it or you don't do it? 
anyway. It's good to remember here that God sees and God cares and God takes note. And God remembers every word of encouragement that you give to your brother and sister. Every lesson you do and you prepare for the children at the One Way Club or Children's Church is seen. Every sacrifice that you make financially and no one knows about it, God does. Every time you forgive someone and it costs you, just remember that God sees, God takes note and God remembers. Have a look at verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 begins, if you have your Bible still open with you, and we'll just work our way down. It begins with these words, On the day when I act, God was about to move. Something is about to change. Something is about to happen. It would be down the road, perhaps another 400 or so years, that Jesus would come. And everything that the Old Testament, to this point, that has hinted at, or pointed to, or pictured, for us was going to be fulfilled in the coming of Jesus. Jesus was going to bring the justice that they were seeking. Jesus was going to bring judgment with him as well. This is the second time that God warns the people that judgment is coming. That there will be judgment and punishment for those who disobey. But there's a reminder here that there's also going to be reward for the obedient what God wants us to see here in these two verses verses 17 and 18 is that at times God seems silent he seems quiet to us but there will come a day and this book of remembrance that is mentioned will be consulted and there will be justice and there will be judgment it's always important when we look at this book of Malachi to remember that um, these people met at the temple. They were religious people. They all believed. They all got up on the Sabbath and they went to the temple. But God said, I can see. I can see right into your hearts. I can see past the Sunday best. And I know the ones who are mine. And I know the ones who aren't. And God's telling people here that when he acts, when this day comes, everybody isn't going to be treated in the same way. Have a look at verse 18. It says this. You will again see the distinction. The distinction, that's the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. There will be a distinction. Keep your, your eye on verse 17 as we look at it. If you're a believer here today, then know this. You are God's treasured possession. It's what we were singing about earlier with the children, wasn't it? Special, loved, accepted, protected. We're God's treasured possession. Think about that. God says this, that when the judgment comes, you will be spared. Come this day of reckoning, we're going to be treated like his own children. God says when time finishes and eternity begins, he will have compassion on us. We will go to heaven and Christians will spend eternity with the Lord. 
But as verse 18 points out, there's a distinction. There's a difference between those who love Jesus and those who don't. So there's a hard truth here. And it's this. Not everyone who sits in church is necessarily going to heaven. Today there are respectable religious people um, who will spend eternity in hell. People who thought that church going and good works and keeping rules and keeping up religious appearances is going to save them. But God can see the heart and he can see our hearts here this morning. Let's move over to chapter 4. Have a look at that. Chapter 4, verse 1. It begins with these words Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. Not this isn't a mild and gentle heat we're talking about here, but a furnace. And if we go back to the previous chapter, you don't need to look it up, but if you, you just cast your mind back, Malachi gave us uh, maybe a clearer picture of what, the type of fire that he's talking about. Chapter 3, verse 2 says, For he will be like a refiner's fire. This isn't some indiscriminate flame, but it's the precise uh, flame of a metal worker. And anybody that's ever worked in the shipyard or shorts will, will have seen this in action. And this type of heat can do two things. It can change and purify metal, bring the best out in it without destroying it. Or... And also, it will completely destroy any trace of anything that is useless. It will burn it up. And so with this image in mind that Malachi continues in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, and he says, All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. He's telling this disobedient people, with all their complaining, with all their false religion, all of their holding back uh, their money, from God, all of their adultery and broken promises, that there is a day coming. And if they carry on without changing, then this will be their destiny. It's not a bright future. Incinerated stubble, not a root or a branch left. Look at chapter 4, verse 2. wonder have you ever sat up all night uh, in the summer uh, waiting to see a northern Irish sunrise? If you've ever done that, then probably the only thing that you've got is a mild case of hypothermia or a cold. But maybe you've done it in Spain. Maybe you've done it in the Mediterranean. It's a completely different story. At dawn, the cool of the night is broken by a giant, pleasant, invigorating ball of orange warmth. Look at verse 2 in chapter 4. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. See, true righteousness was on its way and it was coming in the person of Jesus and his presence will be as welcome as the morning sun. This is a very different heat to the heat that we talked about there in the furnace. We can see that distinction again. We can see that difference. Because this isn't the destroying flame reserved for the unbeliever and the sinner. This is a gentle, healing, restoring, sunshine-like warmth promised to believers. 
As promised, the Son of Righteousness, Jesus, came. And as promised, he brought healing. He brought physical healing. The lame man at Bethesda, blind man at Siloam. There's many more uh, stories, and we're familiar with them from Sunday school. But the important thing here is that Jesus brought spiritual healing. Jesus would bring about the ultimate healing. Jesus would heal sin. And that's the disease that we all suffer from. And Jesus, this messenger of the covenant, as Malachi described him, was on his way. He was going to bring an end to this false religion that these guys had been practicing. Prophet Jeremiah spoke about this sometime before, and he put it like this. He said, I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it in their hearts. It's going to be a change from this cold religion to true faith. Jesus was coming. Jesus, the son of righteousness, he can and he does heal sin sick sinners. He would do this by being born as a baby, fully God and fully human, living a perfect sinless life, dying in the place of those who will accept him. And at Calvary, this son of righteousness became the man of sorrows. And he takes our sin and we take his righteousness. We're coming to an end uh, of our series on Malachi. I wonder, do you remember how it began back uh, in chapter 1? We begin by finding the people accusing God of being unjust even. Accusing God of showing favoritism to the, the wicked people as they saw them. Here in chapter 4, this closing chapter of Malachi, even the, the closing chapter of the Old Testament, the Lord makes it clear how things are going to end. And he says, I see everything that's going on. I'm taking note and I'm recording it. And he says, I know who are mine and they are special to me. Have a look at chapter 4, verse 3. I'll read verse 3 for you now says this, Then you will trample on the wicked, they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. So here's that distinction again, that difference uh, between uh, the extravagance of God's love for his people uh, compared to the punishment of those who will reject him. There's strong words here. God's saying, See these wicked people who have cheated you and persecuted you and dishonored me. They will be utterly destroyed when I act. When the day of the Lord comes. And my people, the ones that I love, they're going to trample the incinerated dust of the wicked under their feet. There will be justice. Listen, I know these are strong words. I hope um, that you've learned something as we've looked at Malachi over this last uh, five or six weeks. Um, Maybe you've been wondering what on earth we'll be talking about every week. But that's okay. As we finish the book, if you've learned nothing else about the book of Malachi, then remember this. The book of Malachi is about Jesus. Jesus, the Lord, who will come to his temple. Jesus, the messenger of the covenant, 
Jesus the one who will refine with fire. Jesus the one who will bring justice. Jesus the one who will bring judgment. The book of Malachi is all about Jesus. Just as we close here this morning, just have a look um, at verse 5. It says this. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. See, Malachi and the people around him uh, were living in an unusual time. God was about to go silent. It would be 400 years or so before God would speak again. And this messenger, the prophet Elijah, who Jesus identified as John the Baptist, would come. Malachi is warning the people that certain events are about to take place. The Messiah, Jesus, was coming. Malachi and friends were living in this time just before the Saviour would be born. And Bethlehem died on a cross at Calvary and rose again after three days. And it all happened. It all happened just as it was foretold uh, by Malachi. But these events have come uh, and gone. And they happened as we were told they would. You and I, we're living in the next stage of Malachi's prophecy. And we live now in the time between Calvary and when Jesus returns again, this time for the second time, and this time with judgment. I wonder what has been occupying your mind this week. What concerns you uh, this morning? What are you worried about? Probably very legitimate stuff. Uh, as my own head is full of it. children, our health, money, uh, whatever that is. We all have stuff that we have on our mind. But in the light of this, there's something much, much more pressing uh, that we need to think about. Because if we really believe this book that you all hold in your hands, if you believe uh, the Bible, then we need to consider this warning, both believers and unbelievers. Jesus will return. Just as sure we know that it happened the first time, be assured it will happen again. It leaves a question dangling this morning, and it's this Are you ready? Our eternal destiny should be the thing that is at the forefront of our minds. Maybe you're claiming to be a Christian this morning, but I wonder would you be happy? If Jesus returned today. Are you living the way that you should be living in obedience? Or would you be embarrassed if the Lord returned today? What about those who continue to reject God's way of salvation? To continue to reject Jesus? Where will you be when this distinction that's been talked about here between believer and unbeliever comes to pass I wonder do you remember God's question from earlier on in the chapter it said who will endure the day of his coming I urge you this morning both believer and unbeliever to think about Malachi's message and if indeed God's word is convicting you today don't walk out of here again unchanged 
it's important that we do whatever it is that we need to do to get right again with the Lord. Thank you for listening. Just going to close in prayer now. Um, is there a closing song, Sharon? No? Okay, just going to close now before we leave. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you uh, for what a great God you are. We thank you for your word. Um, Lord, it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, Father. And we just uh, pray that um, you would help us, Lord, to obey. Help us to change uh, and to obey uh, your word. Father, we thank you for the words from Malachi over the past uh, lot of weeks that we have been learning, Lord. And we just pray that they would settle on our hearts um, and that they would indeed continue uh, to help us to grow closer to you and to get to know you better. Father, we just pray for those here who yet at this point have not accepted you and we just pray that your word would continue to convict them of their sin, Lord, and that they would turn to you and they would uh, call upon you for salvation, Father. So we just, um, as we leave here today, we just thank you and praise you for the, for the good God that you are and we thank you that you sent Jesus. Uh, we thank you for the Saviour, Father. And we just pray. Uh, that many here would accept him, Lord. So we just pray that you'd be with us this week uh, as we leave here. And Father, we just do all things for your glory, for your name, and for your service. Amen.